You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Listening to this just in live from Hims 18 in Las Vegas with your host Justin Barnes. Justin is coming fresh off his think tank, and let's spend a few minutes talking about that. Hi, Justin. Tell us a little bit about this morning's session. Thank you, Roberta. This was uh, a great session. It was our third think tank in our series. Um, we hosted it with just a great group, about 50 thought leaders uh, from across the industry. But since everybody was in town. For Hims 18, we figured we had to do it. We did our first one uh, in Raleigh uh, back in June, our second think tank at UPMC uh, in October. Uh, and each time we get about 50 thought leaders from across the industry, uh, everywhere from health system leaders to technology innovators, policy makers, payers, and, and certainly other key thought leaders from around healthcare, but not only here in the United States, uh, globally. So uh, just a great opportunity today to have everybody together. Um, and uh, and we covered some, uh, some great ground, did a great report out on what we accomplished and some of the key findings from our first uh, two think tanks uh, and specifically key findings and best practices on value-based care, connected health uh, and virtual care. Uh, and we also had a great report out from Genevieve Morris, Deputy Director for the Office of the National Coordinator, and she covered the, uh, the TEFCA and some great policies that are coming out uh, from ONC here in the coming months. So much more uh, assistance, I think, in the lift on interoperability uh, and uh, Genevieve covered some great ground today. So just excited to be here. Thank you very much uh, for this opportunity to talk about it. And um, I'm looking forward to the, the, the discussion. So what were some of the key topics or insights uh, that you discussed? So we're really focused, uh, and today we kind of expanded with interoperability, but we really focused on value-based care, uh, connected health, and virtual care. But specifically, and, and we're going to publish a lot of this uh, coming um, uh, after this week and, in, and uh, certainly in March, uh, late March, as we get uh, all back in, in our offices, but um, all, all of these key findings. But specifically, I think we came up with about 60 or so best practices uh, across the value-based care, connected health, and virtual care. And specifically, some of the ones that I will talk about right now on air uh, is the importance. And this is kind of a culmination of a lot of people on the front lines of healthcare. Uh, and again, from a thought leadership type perspective, but also these people are implementing uh, either innovation, implementing new process, innovating, uh, um, implementing new procedures, uh, really to thrive, uh, not just survive, but thrive with where value-based care and where healthcare is going in general. So one of the very first uh, items here is just really creating a glide path from fee-for-service to a value-based care model for your organization uh, and really scrutinize cost versus reimbursement. Uh, and you really got to update your policies uh, and review your business models and review your overall plan and strategy for your health system. When I say health system, we don't just mean a large hospital. Every single actor, every single participant in healthcare needs to be looking at this. I don't care if you're a, a one doc shop or a thousand doc organization, you've got to be looking uh, at these types. Of, and I don't even mean doctor anymore. We've got care providers running uh, these institutions uh, as well. So you don't have to necessarily be an MD uh, in a lot of cases. Uh, we're using care extenders in every single aspect of healthcare today. But I think really looking out there across your organization, understanding what do you, what does your community look like? What do you want to achieve? 
and then put your plan in place. But you've got to put a glide path. You just can't go all the way. You've got to do incremental steps and, and focus on that. Another key finding from value-based care was around the proper alignment of acute and ambulatory incentives. You just can't go all on your own with this. There's going to be some great integration points, and you're going to have to focus on this to make sure that you've got yourself aligned on transitions of care, uh, focusing what you need to do on the ambulatory side, what you need to do on the acute side, and how they integrate. Uh, I think uh, one of the great um, uh, benefits that came out of the discussion was from Dr. Holly Miller, where she said, you know, success relies on 80% process, 20% technology, but 100% on culture. Couldn't agree more. Um, that was kind of the value-based care side. On the connected health side, um, uh, Hank Franberg from Christus Health came up with, you know, a, connected, a successful connected health strategy needs to include three main components, risk stratification, supportive technology, and process redesign. And I think the whole audience uh, kind of said, yes, we, we totally agree with that. Because you got to understand what you're trying to achieve. Make sure you have the right innovation technology wrapped around it, but you also have to um, redesign your process and your procedures. Um, another one under the connected health that was really interesting was from uh, Dr. Shretha Rasu, as we all know him, uh, from UPMC. And he talked about the driving vision towards bedless hospitals and having your policies and your innovation support that type of a of implementation and kind of vision. So bedless hospitals, we talked about that for a while and then also how to put a plan in place for that. And then finally around virtual care, you know, Dr. Sylvan Waller came up with some great points, you know, ask what does your organization want out of a virtual care strategy? A lot of people are just going off and buying telehealth or, or virtual care type systems, but there's an overall strategy that you gotta look to deploy. Um, and, and also, what do you want out of it? You wanna attract customers, expand your reach, reduce your costs, enhance access, or all the above. So you got to, you know, what do you want out of the strategy? And I think that was a great uh, way to start a virtual care type plan for your organization. It'll, you know, virtual care will suffuse every element of care. So you just got to make sure it's, you know, integrated into your care design and your proper change management. Uh, and then finally, on the virtual care side, uh, voice first, not voice only. Uh, we think that, you know, and, and this is from Bill Rogers of Orbita, you know, reducing the friction in transformational strategies, you know, voice has shown to lower that friction for patients in, in post-care instructions, but also uh, even during during your uh, episodes of care while well, you're in a facility. So looking at, the, you know, voice first, not voice only, but make sure that you're integrating voice into your overall strategy. So I think those are some of the high points. I know that I covered a lot of ground in a short period of time because we have like 60 out there, but this are the high points that we covered this morning. That all sounds great. And I know you'll be talking about this more on your future episodes of the show, right? Uh -huh. And to these people. For sure. Now, this is this is going to be big and we've got a lot coming still that uh, that we will produce. We're looking at our Think Tank 4 coming up. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to some great collaborations, but also publishing all of this out to everybody. So that's what's next for the Think Tank? Yeah, we're, we talked about it today. We're probably we're going to do a think tank for uh, and also we're looking international because we've held the, these first three think tanks here in the United States. And we really know that there's a lot of obviously global innovation going on. Many of our participators in this think tank are global uh, and, and actually probably 50 percent in the room have global organizations. Uh, and some of them are actually from, you know, China, from Europe, um, from the EU um, and uh, also from um, uh many parts of even outside of the Middle East. So we have a lot of participants that uh, want to see us do something outside uh, of, of the U.S. Um, so I think that we're going to look towards that, uh, but then also pick a cool uh, U.S. city and also host uh, maybe Think Tank 4 here, maybe think uh, host Think Tank 5 somewhere else, uh, maybe over in the Middle East or, or in China, um, because again, so many, uh, so much innovation going on. Uh, and they also want to learn from us. They want to learn from what we're doing. So it should be a great opportunity to expand. And also what's really neat about the think tank is every single time we host it, 
we usually have it with 50 people and we always have 25 from a previous think tank and then 25 new. So we're always adding in new people to our think tank. So we're up around 125, 130 people who have participated now. And it's just, it's a great opportunity and, and a lot of fun. So love the people that I get to work with. If someone wanted to get in touch with you about the think tank, should they contact you directly? Yeah, it's probably easiest at this point. I'm the main conduit. So Justin at JustinBarnes.com. Justin at JustinBarnes.com probably is the best way to reach out. Uh, and then we do a lot of this HI think tank. So hashtag HI as in health innovation think tank is our hashtag mm -hmm. on Twitter. So you also can follow the conversation on Twitter and LinkedIn using HI think tank. Yeah, that's great. All right, Justin, we're at time now. We look forward to hearing more about this uh, think tank in the future. Thank you, Roberta. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Welcome to the special broadcast of This Justin Radio live from HIMSS 18 in Las Vegas. My next guest is the one and only Ed Marks, Chief Information Officer for the Cleveland Clinic. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be part of it. So... We haven't uh, really caught up before you took your new post, and I look forward to uh, hopefully having you back on the show uh, so we can talk a little bit about that. Very excited for you. I know you love it. Um, but what are you seeing out there for healthcare and health IT trends uh, in the industry? Yeah, I really think of it in three primary segments. One is really all about payment reform, right? That continues to involve a lot of technology behind the scenes to be successful. So in the past, it was more around some process improvements and those sort of things. But now, in order to really get the value out of our investments in healthcare, we really have to make it technology enabled. So a lot around pay payment reform. The other area is really in the provider market itself. Tremendous amount of M&A activity taking place. I don't know of any organization that doesn't have some sort of role in M&A. So it's really about how to develop an M&A playbook, how to partner with others, how to interoperate with others, so that's another area that I think is a major trend that will continue for some time. And then another one is sort of related to the provider market, but it's really around provider selection. So how do you build these networks? So not all networks will be the traditional way where you acquire another organization, but it's really about these partnerships. And so do you have the tools that enable all these things? So whether it's payment reform, provider market, provider selection, it, you need to have the technology tools to help make all that possible as opposed to the past when it was more about relationships and process improvement. Now that's fascinating. So those are some big areas and I actually completely agree with you. You're spot on. I guess dissecting a little bit, how do you guys, and specifically the Cleveland Clinic, how are you guys addressing some of those trends? So I definitely can get into some specifics, but even before then, it's really about customer engagement. So do we know our customers? So from an IT point of view, do I know our population health leadership? Do I, do I really understand all their needs? So we've really worked hard on business relationship management and embedding IT resources in all of our institutes and hospitals and, and special segments that focus on certain populations. And then understanding the trends, right? What's going on around the industry, not just in healthcare, but outside of healthcare. Yeah. And so that's really about taking advantage of your peer network. So in Northeast Ohio, I meet with the fellow CIOs. Uh, I meet with the CIOs of other organizations such as Progressive that are not healthcare specific. So I think it's about jumping in. It's about strength and asking for help. And then when I think, Justin, just to give you some, some more specifics around that, it's really about changing the way in which we work. So I think we have to look at ourselves in IT and think, wow, we've done things the same way for so long. 
and it's worked okay, but how do we get to that next level to make sure that we understand our customers and can deliver on the promises of precision medicine, of augmented intelligence, and those sort of things. So, so for us, we're becoming completely agile. So our IT is becoming agile completely from top to bottom, changing the way that we're organized, the way that we work, the way that we deliver. We're becoming much more uh, process improvement. So, I mean, not process improvement as much as uh, leveraging best practices in our processes. So that way, getting very specific now to for our customers, it's hardwiring pathways, for instance. So probably most organizations have clinical pathways of some sort. We have over 150 and growing, and we're hardwiring these into the way we work. And then, you know, when we look at population health, we have the ability now to segment our population, look for care gaps, and then apply resources to fill those care gaps. I could tell you story after story of, of, of impacting people's lives. So those are some ways in which we do it, both from an IT-centric point of view and how we're mobilized, as well as how we're helping our customer in achieving those and being successful with those trends we spoke about. Yeah, I love it. That's that's spot on. I'm actually taking tons of notes here too, Ed. I love it. So looking at across the industry, uh, or maybe even in your own community though, uh, what are maybe two or three best practices specifically that you can identify for people to kind of dive in? I mean, do you create work groups? Do you obviously you guys have task forces? But what do you maybe engage inside the industry? or policies or anything of the sort out there we might be able to direct people to? Yes. Yeah, so really on multiple levels, right? There's not just one fix for all of these opportunities. Mm-hmm. So on a national level, we're highly engaged with the government at the federal level with ONC. We are advocating for stronger standards, for fire, for whatever those standards might be, but we're major advocates. And, and so at the, at the lower levels, then we also have to use them. We have to lead by example. You've yeah. heard me talk about that before. It's one thing to talk about all these theories and, and, and best practice. But So best practice, but I want to make sure I answer your point, is one, getting involved. So it could be at the local, state, or federal level. So we're mostly involved at the federal level as well as the local level. So that is pushing for standards, adopting those standards, and then and then it's the actual actualization of those because otherwise the government just looks at, looks at us and, and others in the industry as just talkers. So we have to actually execute on the things that we do talk about. And so we are leading the way, you know, working with, with Apple, working with, with, you know, some of the other organizations that are out there in the, in the consumer world that are getting into healthcare. We're working directly with them to really actualize all the possibilities that we have with technology. So, again, answering your question is not only getting involved on the federal level or local level from a government point of view, but getting involved with the major players in the, in the overall IT industry that can make things happen. And then finally, executing that at our own local level. So it's really these three different levels of which we're trying to make things pop. Yeah, no, that's strong. So not only do you help create the policy, but you also you implement it and lead through example and then uh, push throughout the industry as well. That's strong. Otherwise, we're, we're not credible. Right. And we have to be credible for our customers, for our, for our patients. It's just the right thing for healthcare overall in the United States. So one final question here, and one thing that I've been advocating larger companies do, and you're certainly a large company, uh, do you guys engage your local employers and your large, uh, basically, um, employee groups around the community in Cleveland? Just yeah, to- absolutely. We, we're very engaged with uh, local employer groups and making sure that we understand what, what they want to do. We have something called, we're really big about Office of Patient Experience. And so this mindset not only permeates, you know, patients, like, for instance, on our IT advisory council, we have patients. We do a lot of 
patient interaction as an organization and with IT specifically. And that same sort of thinking about engaging the customer, in this case patients, but then engaging the customer as employers, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think we've, we've published quite a bit on this where we've, we've, we've struck very strong partnerships with uh, larger employers to make sure that they get the highest quality of care at the lowest price point possible. Yeah, that's fantastic. But you have to engage. Yeah, to your point, you have to engage. You have to know your customer. Yeah, there's just so much opportunity. There's so many health systems, and I think they started to do it. And certainly some of the smaller ones, you don't have to be a large health system or organization to do this. I think this is a great strategy that employ, or that practices and hospitals of all sizes should be ensured. Not only do, yeah, you already said it, to, to know the patient, know the community, but also I think there's a lot of business advantage to getting out there and really understanding the needs of the employer. How can you service them? What can you do as a, as a healthcare provider organization? Uh, and I think it's, it's a great way to expand your practice, expand your organization, and make sure that you're staying involved with the community. So. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the things we've adopted from this whole agile approach that I touched on is mm-hmm. the fact that you just have to jump in. You have to deliver a minimally viable product. Just get in the game, yep. and then you iterate. You work with your customer, and you meet regularly, and you make things better, and you iterate. Otherwise, you know, it's the whole thing of people are afraid to jump in because they don't have you know, the greatest solution, yeah. but you never will. You'll never jump in if you wait for this greatest solution. So you just got to jump in with that minimally viable product work closely with the customer, and then improve upon the model. Such great wisdom, Ed. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much. You're always a phenomenal guest. I want to have you back on air soon. Ed Marks, Cleveland Clinic, thank you very much for joining our special episode live at Hims 18 Welcome back to the special broadcast of This Just In Radio, live from Hims 18 in Las Vegas. My next guest is Dr. Karen DeSalvo, Professor of Medicine and Population Health, UT Austin, Dell Medical School, and former National Coordinator for Health IT. Welcome back to the show, Karen. Hey, Justin. It's great to be here. It's great to have you back. So this special broadcast is focused on highlighting trends, best practices, and strategies across the industry from dozens of thought leaders' perspectives. So starting off with you, and what healthcare trends or IT trends are you seeing in the industry right now? You know, I remember just even two or three years ago when a meaningful use had was on the downslope of the hype curve, and people yes. thought, gosh, what will health IT actually ever have to talk about or do? And of course, all of us know that that was uh, that all that work of electronic health records was just the very beginning of the digital transformation of healthcare. And there's so many uh, exciting opportunities that I, I think I just sort of couch as the fact that health happens also outside of healthcare. So there's this world of digitizing the care experience and linking all that together to tell the healthcare story of individuals and communities. But there is an exciting amount of work that's happening to bring in information, data, to tell the story of what's happening for in people's health, where they live and learn and work and play. And some of that early was about wearables and and you know counting steps and sort of remote sensing with with things like um, digital uh, digital scales, et cetera. But mm-hmm. we've seen such an explosion of of the ability to to manage that data that again tells this broader story about about how health is more than healthcare and how we can, as a society and as an industry, uh, really pull that together in actionable, meaningful ways that support people, individuals, but then also help us think about population health. This ropes in your background on community health very well and population yeah. health. Public health. Oh, definitely. I mean, I sort of like uh, I couldn't be more excited about how the quote time has come. And, you know, 
when we were at HHS, when I was the national coordinator, the focus of our policy work was to allow for that kind of more porous, even while still safe and and secure and private, but a more Mm -hmm. porous data infrastructure so that we weren't just linking one healthcare system to another, but we were pushing the industry towards open source APIs with with FHIR as an example. So there would be more opportunities to integrate data from consumers and from community, and then also help push that out and aggregate it uh, on their behalf. I love it. And I love how you bring up FHIR. Even my last guest, Ed Marks from the Cleveland Clinic, he mentioned FHIR in, in our quick interview. And I just love the fact that we're publicizing, pushing, promoting, enforcing standards because we need them more desperately than ever before in healthcare. We do. You know, when we started this intense journey as an industry about a decade or so ago, the thinking was, um, you know, a lot about this is this is software and it's and and hardware it was a time when when we really didn't have i think an appreciation for the fact that it wasn't about that it was about the data it was about the information and and that to be to make that information useful it was going to need to be accessible and as much as possible uh, the standards needed to be harmonized and if you just put into context the fact that the smartphone was barely on the market when high tech started, we really had a different con- conception of the mobility of data, the, the accept- how folks would want to ex- access their data. And so pushing the industry early when it wasn't, when it was still using a lot of proprietary standards, frankly, and it was again still thinking of point to point connections did a lot of good, um, but the movement now to really free that data up to make it more liquid, to make it more, the standards more harmonized, and then honestly to to leverage natural language processing to deal with dirty data where it's not even perfectly harmonized. We've really advanced um, as an industry, so we've got more tools at our disposal, and that's causing us to not just want to um, to make a record of somebody's care experience, but to be able to pull that data out to put it to use for whatever that purpose is. Again, like, you know, the care environment, but bigger than that, artificial intelligence and really supporting the consumer where they live, learn, work and play. That's terrific. So how are you addressing or would you recommend people address some of these trends that you're seeing out there? Well, you know, I think the um, it, where we are in the in the curve of a lot of this is, first of all, I'll just start with standards since you mentioned it. I mean, we, we, we need to be as aggressive as we can with maturing fire and always be scanning the environment for other better, faster, smarter, cheaper yeah. <laughs> open source standards like fire. I mean, we, when we when fire was just kind of coming into the consciousness of the more traditional health IT world, when Graham and his team were showing that there was a better way, there was resistance. I mean, I'm sure people remember that it wasn't all happy Argonaut yes. universe. <laughs> they, they when I asked the the my advisory committee at ONC to to look at the Jason Task Force and whether APIs could be useful and think about fire as a tool for that. People really thought that was way left field out there. And uh, very quickly, though, the industry began to understand that there was power in working together and in, and in sharing that data and that they could do it more quickly. And I think FHIR and what Argonauts have done is a great example of when we put our mind to a very focused vision for making a better standard, not just more standards, that we can really advance the agenda that, that we all share. So standards still matter, uh, particularly when they when they are non-proprietary and they allow for a more open ecosystem. I think the second thing that um, I'm spending a lot of my time doing, Justin, is mm-hmm. helping people understand that health is more than healthcare. And that if we are really gonna 
bend the cost curve and, and bend this disturbing curve that is showing declining life expectancy, then we're going to really need to, to step up our game and not just be focused on what happens in the healthcare environment and how to get a digital record of it, but be able to tell a bigger story about, about individuals and communities. Because that seems to, uh, in the epidemiology, the data is telling us that people are dying not from a lack of clinical excellence, but they're very often dying because of what's happening outside of the healthcare system, those social determinants of health. And so I'm spending um, time working with health systems and talking with leadership of healthcare companies, payers, IT companies, uh, anyone who will listen, honestly, uh, to help them understand that, that, that there's a, a broader view to take and that the healthcare system and technology has a really important role to play in partnership with social services and public health and the business community to, to broaden our frame and really understand new business models, new approaches to addressing health, inclusive of, but, but well beyond the healthcare system. That's terrific, I love it. So in, in our closing couple minutes here, what would you say are two to three best practices or strategies that you can share to help others navigate these trends? And you just covered a couple of them, but where would you highlight yeah. them? Well, you know, so quickly, the um, many healthcare systems and particularly many payers, mostly Medicaid managed care companies, are all beginning to ask questions about social determinants and or leverage data, whether it's in the existing electronic health record or it's claims data or it's something from, you know, community source, air quality, zip code level uh, information to understand uh, what the social determinants of health are for given populations and be able to begin making uh, an intervention. But I would be remiss if I didn't <laughs> squeeze in the fact mm -hmm. that the, the traditional players in the health care space that are trying to solve this, uh, though they're doing great work in, in getting more systematic about assessing risk of social determinants and integrating that into better prediction models and creating in really creative ways to to address social determinants, think Geisinger in their food prescription or Intermountain in their use of Uber for transportation. But, but really, I think we're going to be getting some disruption from the side. So these kinds of models where CVS and Aetna or Amazon and JP Morgan are coming together are interesting partially because of what they'll do for healthcare, but there's a power in the, the ability of retail to manage data outside of the healthcare system to be preemptive and predictive about people's needs and risk in a way the healthcare is not very sophisticated about yet and to reach people through both virtual digital platforms and these kinds of new physical platforms in, in the space. So I'm really excited about the opportunity for us to bring new players into the solution set, yep. um, new kinds of skills, uh, particularly from outside of the healthcare system. And so much to watch on that front. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to how we can really make some progress. That's excellent. And I, and I would add UPMC is doing some really exciting stuff too. Yes. Oh, definitely. I mean, there, there is, there's a great list and Kaiser, yes. um, what used to be Mountain States Health Alliance, that's now Ballard Health and even small institution. I visited uh, Children's Mercy Medical Center in Kansas City, where they have a one-stop shop to address social determinants of health for kids and families. So a lot of innovation and creativity in that world of social health, yeah. and it requires a really strong digital underpinning. So plenty of opportunity ahead for the IT world in that space. Awesome. Great words of wisdom. Dr. DeSalvo, thank you so much for joining our special episode, and thank you to everyone for joining us today, and we'll talk to you very soon. Thank Great. You. Thanks, Dustin. Take care. Thank you.